kind of crashed for a couple hours, but I had my alarm set to get up and watch the Rams uh, lose to the Seahawks on Thursday Night Football. It was 2.20 in the morning. Woke up, watched that thing on my phone, my wife was sleeping next to me, and then uh, the game ended at like 6 a.m. my time, and my alarm went off at 6.30 to get up and go to the airport to fly home. And so I was I was still a little little buzzy when I went to the airport that morning because I was... I was perfect. I was pretty, pretty hammered, but it was amazing. Loved it. Nine months in the waiting, all worth it. All totally worth it. Sounds like a good one. And what's <clears throat> what's great about it in terms of how it syncs up with the Rams is you get this this great trip, and for you a, a good game from the Rams where we we played Russell Wilson, who's maybe playing MVP football. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter King said it was the perfect game from a quarterback, and yet we're playing Seattle. Perfect game from the quarterback, and we 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 beat them, save for what ten inches Jesus. for the kick. From was Grand it that? Line. Was it even that much? Oh, however many so it was, we were we were that many inches away from beating the MVP on a perfect quarterback <clears throat> performance in Seattle, and, and that led to this. Let's let's do this. And you, and, let's get our intro. And he. Yep, and he led the team. With, you always talk about golf. I don't know fourth quarter comebacks. He did everything you had to do to win that game. He did. Joe, Joey tweeted it. Right. Everything he, he said, this is, this is what you pay Jared Goff for. And then he went out and did it. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the tweets that I get today from people about golf. So it's – here we go. Let's do it. Here we go. Let's, at, at 3K underscore, uh, at Seattle Rams underscore NFL, uh, 7 to 20, Rob. 7 to 20. How did we get seven? Uh, let me go through the. <laughs> I'm that. not How sure. Get seven? I'm not sure. Let me go through the box score. It was uh, what's the right word for this? Let's do this. Your level of panic out of ten, and then a word to describe your panic. Ten being full panic, one being we just won the NFC Championship. Uh, for the season, my panic, or just panic after this game? I'm Either. thinking. Doesn't matter. Um, it it's warm. <laughs> You failed math, didn't you? As a child, <laughs> my my level of panic. I mean, my one word is warm, but I think my level of panic is six. Nice. Yeah, you know, it's not the end of the world because they have a soft part of their schedule coming up. Uh, but they they just eliminated a lot of wiggle room that they had. I, th- I think I'm a six two, and I think we're in the minority. Yeah. Oh, I, if you've looked at Twitter tonight, it's it's eleven. Yeah. <laughs> it go- it goes to eleven, and uh, it's 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 not a pretty it's not a pretty place to be tonight. Is on Twitter. There we go. Jared Goff, thir- ultimately thirteen of twenty four. That's very misleading. Seventy seventy eight passing yards. Again, th- this is an entire f- football game, not the first half. Thirteen of twenty four, seventy eight passing yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. What would you uh, say if I told you he was better in the second half than the first half? Because you'd be have, right. He'd only have 27 yards. <laughs> you'd oh. be correct. Not only that, he had 27 yards with 12 minutes to play. Oh my god! Uh, you're correct. Uh, Malcolm Brown, 11 carries for 40 yards. Although that's also very misleading. Daryl Henderson, six carries for 39 yards. Again, wildly misleading. We've got a huge theme here. Robert Woods, two carries, 16 yards, one touchdown. Again, completely misleading. Um, the receiving numbers are oh, you missed, avoidable. You missed the we accurate, don't even do that. Accurate rushing stat of one carry for no yards. There it go. Or zero 
or zero for zero from yeah. Todd Gurley. <clears throat> the receiving numbers do not matter whatsoever. Defensive numbers, pretty interesting. Core Littleton had 14 tackles. Troy Reader, 11. Uh, Eric Weddle, uh, very active as a safety, as was John Johnson. They each had 10 and 9. Aaron Donald had a very Aaron Donald day. Uh, seven total tackles, four solo, two sacks, three tackles for loss, three QB hits. He was all over the place. For the 49ers, Jimmy Karmamamamar, 24 of 33, extremely efficient, but only 243 yards, no touchdowns, and the interception, which was as bad of an interception as you'll see. Most impressively, from a Rams perspective, the San Francisco rushing totals. Tevin Coleman had 18 carries for 45 yards. Matt Breida had 13 carries for 36 yards. Combined, that's 31 carries for 81 yards. That's a dominant rushing defense performance. I didn't think I'd be able to say that about the Rams defense this year, but it's the number one rushing team in the league, right? Phenomenal performance from her rushing defense. They overall from the team stats, the two stats that obviously weigh, or maybe the three, Oh, for nine on third down, Oh, for four on fourth down and one first down via the pass. That was at the very end of the game. We nearly made it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, the, The place to start is this. Are we in a, you and I aren't, maybe we're not the right people to go here, but should we be, even if you and I aren't, should you and I be in full blown panic mode? Um, no, because we are old Rams. So then you're you're wrong. We should be, except we're old. (laughs) We don't have the right perspective. I mean, we've seen, we've seen much worse. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of new fans to the team since they moved and come back. They haven't, they haven't been with them for 15 consecutive years of crap, or you know, almost two decades of just terrible. I mean, we've seen what really bad is. This is this is a, a letdown because you had ex- high expectations of last year. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's it's a bummer, and but I'm just not I'm not ready for panic because I know what's ahead of them. They have the soft part of their schedule coming up. So, but you know, if, if, if we're doing this, this recap episode after, after London and they lose to Cincinnati in London and they've, uh, they've lost to, to the Falcons work on a five game slide, uh, panic mode will be in full effect. Yeah. I, th- I think we got three kind of different losses and three kind of different reactions, right? You've got a game like this where we played a good team. And I think it's fair to start now crediting the 49ers where they're a good team with a very good defense and a very good defensive front. And they whooped our ass that it is what it is. They absolutely whooped us up front. I had said during the game today, I thought that defense reminded me a little bit of the Seahawks LOB days. (sighs) They look good. Uh, they, They play press man. They dare you to throw on them and they get after you up front. And now they've got a little a little swagger about them. If you see towards the end of the game, they'll have, have the DBs like Jimmy Ward was covering Cooper Cup, and he had two back to back pass breakups. I mean, they they got a little swagger, and, and their coach is fired up. They they remind me a little bit of that of that team up here that that really put the like led them to their their season and earning it. I mean, they're pl- they're yeah. playing their way there. It's not like a lot of teams that that put the cart before the horse and they're acting that way before they've earned it. They've they're they're earning it performance after performance after performance. Um, so yeah, I mean, this, this was one of those games where they, they whooped us up front and that dominated the game plan and then got into that, uh, San Francisco defensive backs against our wide receivers and tight ends are later on. You also had the the loss last week, which was a loss, but it was nearly a win. It was one of those different kind of games. And then you had week four, which was 
Tampa Bay, where it was just weird. I think we've got three different losses, three different reactions, and I think that's part of the problem is that now that we're on a three-game losing streak, people are treating this as if it's you know an equal distribution between the losses, and it's not. It's really not. You had you had a game where you had four turnovers and gave up what forty-eight points to the Tampa Bay offense and fifty-five. Oh yeah, yeah fifty-five, fifty-five total points. Right, right, right. It where where it was just a mess of a game, and that that was a sloppier game. The Seattle game was a was a good game between two good teams and hard fought, and you know Greg's <laughs> misses that kick. We came up short. This game, the 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 thing that's maybe the most uncomfortable game about this game, not saying that this is going to be the case when we get to December, when we get to the playoff push, but it feels like this was a game between two good teams, and the better team right now was the yep. team that won. Yeah, I agree. I I agree with wholeheartedly with that, and. If Zerline made that kick, would the panic be as high this week? No, because you'd be four and two, and you're like, ah, you know, you have the old guard mad because it's the 49ers and we hate them, right? Because it's long history, or whatever. But the panic wouldn't be as high. It's, it just goes to show you what that 10 inches will do for the psyche of a, of a, a fan base. 10 inches. Oh, man. 10 inches. That, could've, that hashtag could have gone quite a different way. Um, <laughs> The, the biggest performance, I'm not going to deal with the Sean McVay thing that I see on the run sheet. We're skipping right past that. I'm not going to even deal with Twitter. You get zero. I'm telling you. You get, you get zero time, Twitter. No. Oh, um, the offensive line, this, this, this was, was, I mean, it depends on your opinion, whether this or the Tampa Bay game was the worst. But those were their two worst games this year. We lost both those games. I think what's different here was... Eventually, they found a way to game plan around it against Tampa Bay, and that was to pass the ball and completely abandon the run. Remember, that was the game where Todd Gurley only had five carries and Malcolm Brown had five. Here, they could they just couldn't get drives going, right? The, the Rams only had 50 total plays to San Francisco 76, and a lot of those plays for the Rams came in the fourth quarter where the, the, the Rams were just held off the field. San Francisco controlled the clock. They had, what was the time of possession? 21.08 for the Rams to 38.52 for San Francisco. They kept us off the field with this really slow, annoying, churning offense, and it worked. And I think that we're getting a sense of their identity, and that's going to be a thing we'll talk about. But for the Rams offensive line. It, it, also, but, you know, that happened late because yeah. earlier in the game, their offense kept us in it. Yeah, the, the the two turnovers gave the you know if you remember that there was a sequence oh right towards the end of the half end of the half the the Rams got down they didn't get in they forced them a three and out right away they they fielded the punt on the other side of the fifty on the forty nine so they actually improved their their field position, uh, field position. Yeah. and they again they couldn't they couldn't do anything with it they forty nine ers offense was Not great was. No, it was okay. Their defense won that game for them. Uh, and as you mentioned, they deserve it. But the 49ers offense, for as well they've been, play, been playing, they they kept the Rams in this game longer than they showed up until you mentioned towards you know the middle of the third and the fourth when they just started grinding it down. And, and I think they mentioned on the telecast, like a python like suffocating the, 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 the life out of the Rams, which they kind of did. They just started wearing down. They just... So we've got 10 inches and we've got Python. We've got a clear theme for this episode. Good Lord. Um, But 
Why am I feeling like Ravish and Rick Rude coming up? Here? <laughs> the offensive line. It, it, this was just a really, really, really bad game. Between this and the Tampa Bay game, we've got two horrible performances from the offensive line. We're 0-2 in those. The other four games, they haven't been great, but they've been adequate, and we're 3-1, and and the only game that we've lost was the Seattle Seahawks game. We're starting to get a sense of the idea that the offensive line controls the fate of the Rams more than any other unit. Here's my question is, Who's your best Rams offensive lineman this year, Robbo? We, I, I've got your answer here. I agree and I disagree. <laughs> my my answer, just because I'm a smartass, is David Edwards, only because he had to, hasn't had the player to prove otherwise. Because everyone else they put out there, um, the six guys that have really played, have been a hot mess. Rob Havenstein signed to a big deal last year extension. He was really good, and he's not this year. Andrew Whitworth is showing his age uh, for a guy who's been outstanding and probably the biggest free agent addition to this team in, in a decade or more. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's not Andrew Whitworth, what we saw the last two seasons. And then the new guys in the middle, uh, I'll put Blythe in there, although he played last year. He's, he hasn't been good, but Allen and Opum and Jamel Demby, woof. So David Edwards, because he just hasn't played to give me anything to complain about. He's like he's the backup quarterback. He's 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 the backup quarterback of everyone's team. Everyone wants to see the backup until he screws it up. Uh, you know, Sean Mannion was was thought of by Eric Dickerson as you know the answer because you know he had never played. Uh, my Sean Mannion's gonna be David Edwards. He just hasn't been there to screw it up. So right now I'm loving David Edwards because everyone else has yep. been cocky. We, we we have the same answer. It's just in a different way. My answer for who has been the the best Rams offensive lineman this year is nope, no. <laughs> no, there's, there's no best. There's no best. Who's been the uh, second best? Still a probably no, still a no. Probably a no. But I, th- I, th- I think this is, and this gets to the biggest problem. Everybody's talking about the offensive line after tonight, and understandably, but I think m- the biggest issue for 2019 for the Rams isn't the offensive line. Like I said, they've had two bad games and two four average games. That's not the kind of thing that capitulates a team. Where you've got two bad games at four average games, you get you get two bad games at four average games from different units. The problem has been that the Rams are all over the place. Whether it's Jared Goff or the offensive line or Todd Gurley or the tight ends or the edge rushers or and not Aaron Donald because the 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 game plans for Aaron Donald are so overwhelming it's unfair to him. But but the linebackers and the defensive backs. You look at almost everybody else besides Aaron Donald. Special teams. And it's so it's special teams. It's so inconsistent week to week. Things are so all over the place that I think we're we're struggling to really set up what the identity of this team I have no idea what the identity of the two thousand nineteen Rams is. Because one week we, we, we get I don't I don't think they do either, because one week we get a great performance from one player, one unit, one side of the ball, and the next week it's completely different. Yep, uh, it's so I've I didn't see a lot of the games. Uh, I saw the entire Seahawks game. I didn't see hardly any of the Tampa Bay third. It was a Sunday night Sunday game, right at home, because my internet was crap uh, in Ireland at the time, um, or no, at Paris. Uh, but I did see a lot of the Browns game, and so yeah, I, I, it's just it's maddening. And the fact that they were so good the last two years and you knew who they were. They were 11 personnel. They were play action. They were Todd Gurley. 
and they came at you and said, you know, this is what and we do. And passing the ball downfield. Yeah, they didn't throw the ball. I don't. I don't think they threw the ball past fifteen yards all day today. And is that because they had no <laughs> time, or they just they were shell shocked and they just were not doing it? They're not challenging defenses. Right now, defenses are like, we're just coming after you. We are coming after you, and we don't think you can beat us. It it, it was it was so bad that it was beyond bad it was just weird jared goff had 27 yards passing with 12 minutes to go in the game that's that's not even bad and this is the thing if it was a jeff fisher offense i saw a lot of people bringing up jeff Mm -hmm. fisher thing was it was bad in that sense we've never dealt with this under sean we you don't it's not even sean mcveigh you have to take it out of this context to have 27 passing yards with 12 minutes to go in the 2019 NFL is a complete dysfunctional breakdown of everything your offense is doing, let alone one that two weeks ago passed the ball 68 times for 500 fucking yards. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable to uh, to go, I think you've already mentioned it, to go from one type of style of play to the next style. Maybe it's maybe it's the strength of this team is the versatility. We, we all have to play <laughs> That's a good way. The, the, weakness, the weakness is they're completely combustible from week to week, but the strength <laughs> is you don't know. I'm going to show me obey this thing and just go all positive here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really I, – I don't know what we're going to see next week. Atlanta could put up points. Are we going to have a shootout? Because everyone hates their defense. Uh, if you listen to Falcons fans, they hate that defense. So who the hell knows? What's going to happen? I don't know. John Kelly going to run for 1,000 yards next week. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's this, this team right now is a complete enigma because there's no putting your finger on it. Jared Goff, his last three weeks, this week, he, <laughs> I, I want the kids to break out their their chalk and their blackboards for this one because it is not going to make sense. Thirteen <laughs> of twenty four for seventy eight yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Last week, more than double all of that. Twenty nine of forty nine for three hundred ninety yards against the Seattle Seahawks defense for a touchdown and an interception. The week before, four, five In of sixty eight. For 517 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. So they the- had 1,000 yards in two weeks and 78 yards in one week? <laughs> I was talking about I told you. I live in North Texas. We went from a high of 92 degrees on Thursday. Low on Friday was 39 degrees, I think. This is the football version of that. We've gone from from overwhelming amounts of passing and success to no success whatsoever within two games. It's I, I, There's no way to make sense of this. It's way too volatile. The Rams forgot to pack their jeans and their long sleeve shirts. <laughs> Jared Goff's out there. It's freezing, and he's wearing a tank top. And a bikini bottle. <laughs> Core temp at its finest. Oh, I <laughs> wish Joey were here for this. I wish <laughs> Joey, we miss you. I wish you were here for this because this this Jared Goff torture is is speaking not of more weirdness and more torture. No Todd Gurley. Great. Malcolm Brown comes out, and what happened? the The first five carries or six plays of the game, he's got five carries overwhelms the 49ers defense. We go down and march down and score a touchdown. The rest of the game, I think he had five carries for zero yards oh, on his final five carries. 
just- Daryl Henderson comes in, get, gets two huge carries. His final four carries, he gets like zero yards along with the fumble. How, how many carries? This how many points does he get from the, the the toss off the face to start the third quarter? <laughs> just. Um, the, the the weird thing was we talked about the golf coaster and the idea like, okay, this is volatile. It's going up and down. The volatility is even, it's going higher and lower at the same time. I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. There's no way to make sense of it. You, you had 10 days also to prepare for this. You had 10 days to prepare for this game and you had 13 of 24 for 78 and one passing first down in the final two minutes of the game. You also had a, a team you were playing missing their starting offensive ta- right tackle, starting left tackle, and starting fullback. So it's not like they're the, we're the only team with dealing with injuries here. Um, is is edge rusher the biggest need in terms of a roster need for this team? Do, who's our – again, it, Clay Matthews is out. Yeah, Clay and... Matthews is fun to kind of poke fun at because a lot of his sacks have been gimmies, right? They've been free. He but, hasn't. He hasn't had a single sack that he beat the tack. The the way that Aaron Donald had that early sack at the beginning of the game, where he just beat the tackle for an right, edge rush. Yeah. Clay Matthews has zero of those sacks. I'm year. I'm asking right now: Is would Samson Ebukam get the free sack at this point? Is he just not? Could he just? Is his skill level so far down right now that he would not even get the free sack? Is is that where we're at? Clay Matthews free sacks are better than anything else because the other guys, Dante Fowler was the best offensive weapon for the 49ers for a while. He had three nice penalties. terrible penalties. No impact outside of three penalties. $14 million for that. Yeah. Ouch, Dante. That third no down, one, he had one early on where he had the offsides, and it shortened the third down, and they converted, and they marched down. Yeah, that was their touchdown drive to not tie good. the game. Yep, not, good. not good. But the defense was not the problem today. They did fine overall. Um what what do you think MVP for your defense for the day? Uh, it's a toss up between Troy Reader and Troy Hill. One of the Troy, Troys. But they're both playing good football. I get, I get it. Troy yeah. Hill is a scapegoat for people. Cornerbacks tend to be scapegoats in general. I th- I think we don't do a good job of qualifying their play overall because we ignore eighty percent of their play, and then the twenty percent that we see that either they're making a play on the ball or they're getting yeah. beat. Troy Hill's not that. doing a bad job. No, he he played pretty well. I mean. I think the first time you saw him today was uh, was a, a catch by George Kittle. He was he was in great position, just a yeah. great catch by Kittle, and it's just a little dump over the middle. But I thought Troy Hill played pretty well. He had you know five tackles. I think he had a, one of the three passes defensed. Um, and when you're replacing Akib Talib, you're like, oh god, here we go. Uh, I remember it happened last year when Akib was out for a while. Marcus Peters was the was the scapegoat, but you know Troy Hill was playing a lot at that point. Uh, Troy Hill played pretty well, but Troy Reader, I dropped a free chip from Delaware, eleven tackles. Uh, and big a big part of why that run game was shut down, that number one rushing. So I thought Troy Reader, for doing what you know, a guy coming off the street, filling in for, you know, the the machine that is uh, that is um, Bryce Hager. I thought he's played pretty well. I, I, we have a loss because Troy Reader is playing right now. That's that's the, that's the first thing you could say is is uh, so I'm gonna go Troy Reader. I'm gonna go Troy. I got, I got a random one. Um... And it was a good day for it because with Tanzel Smart being a healthy scratch, which I thought was pretty notable given the inactives, nobody predicted that. And Greg Gaines coming in, getting a lot of playing time and not looking that bad overall. Sebastian Joseph Day, this is a guy that did not have a lot of hype going into the season. 
he helps shut down that run game. Again, again, yeah. San Francisco got nothing out of the run today. 31 carries for 91 yards. That's not their two running backs averaged less than three yards per carry. Didn't have a single carry that was longer than nine yards. They were phenomenal against the run, which is a big concern for the Rams defense was run defense. Sebastian, you know who else had a good game? NRC. NRC had a great game. Great. He was, you know, he's kind of like uh, the Robert Woods of the defense. Yeah. Just not paid All as around. much as he probably could be and really plays good football for you. Big game from the defense. It was it was kind of like the Chicago Bears game last year, where so much of what yeah. we're going to talk about is that we all the offensive incapability is going to wash out a good showing from the defense, and because the offense was so bad, it put a ton of pressure on the defense, and they they really showed up. They had a good game overall, and I I thought SJD had a good game and is growing into his role as a nose tackle and. Doesn't have the versatility of Aaron Donald. You can throw Aaron Donald on the edge to kind of rush tackles. You can't do that with Sebastian Joseph Day. He's got to clog up the right. middle, and I thought he did a pretty good job overall. So, yeah, if he keeps playing uh, and you have great games there, I mean, when they let Marco Brockers walk next year, who's a free agent, yeah, you're not. Do you lose a lot when you when you replace SJ or Michael Brockers with with like what you saw from Sebastian today? I'm not sure you do. Brockers is a bigger name and maybe a little bit more dependable in the run but he just gives you nothing in the pass uh, sjd had a, a qb hit today i don't know we'll see they have lots of they have lots of those decisions to think about this year we'll get to that down the road but uh keep watching these guys who you're not used to watching because you can see them a lot next year speaking of big decisions coming down the road this was the first game where we kind of had an injury crisis we had out. we had a keep to leave out we've uh, got Clay Matthews out with his broken jaw. We were dealing with Bryce Hager and Taylor Rapp, and now we lose Joe Noteboom that forces me, and John Johnson gets an injured shoulder. John Johnson, yeah. We, we got to see what happens. We get to the injury report and how things play out over the week, but Rams are dealing with some injuries now. This is not something we've had to deal with the last three years. Remember 2016, 17, we were ranked number one overall by Football Outsiders, adjusted games lost, number four overall last year. We haven't dealt with a bunch of injuries. This is, this is shaping up. Uh, we'll have to see what happens over the next couple of weeks where we're not going to be a top 10 team in terms of adjusted games loss. We're dealing with some injuries. We're forcing some guys out, and we're struggling to to fill in. To this point, it hasn't been that bad. We found capable guys, whether it's Troy Reader or Troy Hill or you know other guys around. the. And today, filling guys in with Clay Matthews out uh, didn't really suffer for it, but we're getting close. Where we're, if you start suffering some more injuries past this, we're talking about an injury crisis. And I mentioned this to you earlier. Uh, my my big thought with the injuries and is their depth, the lack of depth, because they've had to make so many trades, swinging swinging over the fence last year, and and Goff and and Peters and everyone else. They've they've made draft grade trades for their quality depth is affected because you don't have those top picks that you would have had playing those positions right now. Your depth is Troy Reader's perfect example. A UDFA starting a middle linebacker for you, uh, rather than maybe a third or fourth rounder or a second rounder. It's it's starting to stack up. The, all those picks that we we traded away are slowly starting to come home to roost. So less has less has a job to do. Um, but next man up, you can't complain. You just have to uh, you just have to hope that your coaches will 
find a way to scheme some help for some of these guys. And that's kind of the bigger thing, right? Is the scheming, the the volatility and the, the lack of identity for this team is that we, we have no idea, no clue. We're going to Atlanta week seven and no idea. Are, are we going to run the ball? Is, are we going to pass the ball? Is is there going to be any blood? This team is so volatile week to week. I have no clue what we're going to see. I think the the biggest thing, and I was we were talking about it in the Slack channel, was the fact that, okay, 49ers are a much more consistent team right now. For whatever reason, they're more comfortable with their identity coming into this game and certainly coming out of this game than we are. That's okay. We we don't have to be that consistent. We don't have to be good enough now. We have to be good enough when we get to November. We have to win enough games to get there and find our identity. But I, is this the kind of team that can do that? Do, do you get a sense of the idea when we get to that schedule in November, when we come out of the bye? Are, are you are you comfortable with the idea that we might be able to get a sense of who this We've only got two more games before the bye. We come out of the bye, we, we got Pittsburgh, Chicago, Baltimore. Do you get a sense that this is a team that's that's working through the problems and coming up with something that that's going to be more consistent, or do you think we're just we're just fledgling week to week and, and just kind of floundering and and not really getting a better sense of who we are? I I do get a sense that they are, are they're floundering a bit. Just I mean, today was a the first time I saw Sean McVay not make an adjustment at halftime. Usually it's, he comes out at third quarter offensively or defensively. We're, Whatever it is, this team has always been really good in the third, and they were owned in the third. Um, but the big thing is that you mentioned injuries, and how do you game plan for? How do you have an identity when you you're constantly having to change guys? Yeah, you, you you mentioned the idea that we came out of the third, no adjustments, first possession. What was the first play? Oh, yeah, Daryl Henderson, the fumble. Yeah, uh, unproven guy, right? Uh, yeah. Ball right off his face. Um, you saw last year, John Kelly. How long did they go with John Kelly after, after the initial Gurley injury? Uh, about 30 seconds before they went and got C.J. Anderson. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see. Trade trade line, deadline's coming up, and I've seen a lot of people squawking for Trent Williams. Trent Williams is not going to fix the offensive line problems. We, we mentioned earlier, who's the best offensive lineman? Um, none. Unless he's unless he's playing all five. I don't I don't know that Trent in, is going to be... Where do, where do people dude. think Trent Williams is going to play on this line? Uh well, apparently he he can play offensive guard and center as well. And tackle. Maybe, I've seen you can put him at left tackle and you slide Wit into guard. Just move Wit down. Okay, it's that easy. Let's just move them all down. My big question is: Is Roger Saffold that good that he affected all five positions? And Sully, Roger, one guy, one guy is toiling away in in, in Tennessee, not having a great year. Another guy's retired. Were they that impactful for the Rams that that you know they've caused the house of cards to fall on the offensive line? Big Zaff needs to renegotiate that deal. At Atlanta Week 7, we're going to get into this with Joey later on in the week. Quick preview, man. Atlanta's if, – if there's a team that's messier – and there are plenty that are – equally messy at the Rams, but the Falcons are now one and five. They're just a hot mess. They, they lost the game today because they missed an extra point. Right. You know, the Rams are tied for a wild card still. Is this a must win? Is this a must win game? Uh, we, we thought this was the must win game, or I should say Twitter verse thought this was the must. We got to sure. run it. We got to. And sure. For NFC West Rams. Yeah, this was, this was a big setback because now you're three behind the 49ers um, and you're, two behind the Seahawks, but, and you're not going to win tiebreaker against either unless you sweep right. them on the other side. Yep. 
So you still have you still have a shot at wild card, and you know you can still take the division if you flip this thing around and get after it and get some help. But yeah, you you can't boot games against uh, one win teams, and you can't boot games against uh, the Bengals and those likes. So this is the part of the schedule they need to start making. You can't boot games against uh, you know the LA fans saw the Steelers tonight against the Chargers, on the, with their third quarterback. You can't boot those kind of games. So uh, yeah, I, I think this is a must win. You you don't want to go four in a row. You need to stop this slide and, and switch things up. I'm putting something together this week. Hopefully, I'll have it out around the time we get the podcast up. Is the Rams have five games against teams that going into week six had one or less win. That's Atlanta, week seven, Cincinnati, and London, week eight, Pittsburgh after the bye, and then the two Arizona games. We've got five games against teams that had three or more wins Chicago, Baltimore, Salas, San Francisco. If we win the five games against one win teams, that gets us to eight and three, right? That means in order to get to 10, we've got to win two right. out of the five, Chicago, Baltimore, Seattle, San Fran. That's at San Francisco now, by the way, in order to get to 10 wins. If we lose any of those five against the one win teams, that means we've got to go three out of five. Definitely don't feel more comfortable about it after this weekend. This is a weird season. You know, the Cowboys lost to the Jets today. And 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 maybe back to make it look better than it did. Right. That was they they played really 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 badly. They, they were not. It was not even close for a while. The Jets were just were putting it to them. Um, so yeah, I think and you know the Chiefs lost again today. Uh, you know, all of a sudden they're vulnerable. The Bucks after they came and slacked the Rams, uh, lost to the Panthers, the team we beat in Week One. It's a it's a weird season. There's a lot of football left. Uh, you. There are winnable games out there, even against some of the better ones. But you definitely want to take care of these one-win teams. Uh, if you see yourself as a playoff team, you're the two-time defending NFC West champion. You were in the Super Bowl last year. You have some heart. You need to you need to find a way to get this this done against these teams, and then split the other ones. You have the Seahawks at home. You've got a Cowboy team again on the road, but you still you've beaten them there before, and they lost to the Jets, so they're not unbeatable. Uh, the Ravens struggled with the Bengals today. They did win, but they struggled with a bad Bengal team. Uh, none of these teams are perfect. Um, San Francisco probably, as yeah, San Francisco could be the toughest one, but the rest of these games are all winnable. You you just have to go out there. They have to go. They have to figure it out. They need to figure it out, and that starts next week at Atlanta. Now, here's the other one. Do you watch Peaky Blinders? Yeah. It's not good at all, but it's fun because it's like a, a – what was the one that Steve Buscemi did? Um, yeah, Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire. It's, it's British Boardwalk Empire, yeah. which right. equally not good, but the same kind of thing. Let's see who he gets in a fight with this week. Uh, it's the it's the Cheswicks of Birmingham. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> we just did this last week. It's the same show. <laughs> it's like – it's like the gangs in New York has gone on for many, many seasons. How's he going to get out of this one? Oh, surprise, he kills his, the brother of the head, the peaky fucking blinders. <laughs>